Hello and welcome to the conversation, our last live E3 2021 episode. I am Heil Russell. Who is with me at the end? Uh, me, I think. Maybe. I wandered in here. It's me, Gibbon. I guess we're doing a podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Cameron. Um, I'm, I'm here, but to what extent? <laughs> also not sure. Your spirit is broken, but physically you're here. I think like, a, like my f- Back to the Future photograph is like mid, mid fade. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I'm exhausted. And I'm still high on euphoria. <laughs> all right, sh- you're gonna be you're gonna be obnoxious on this stream, Gibbon. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, I, I I brought you on here. You're like the Mitchell of this stream, where the Mitchell was the Gibbon of the last. Because just like we need somebody who's like oh. weirdly optimistic about everything <laughs> because you like everything. <laughs> Everything's always coming up, uh. Gibbon. Uh, <laughs> mm. And you you can't just be a little sour, and you can't just be a little uh, oh. I have been very, very sour about some <laughs> things. They're just not things our circle talks about. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait am, I, am I supposed to be upset about something? Uh, I, I, I don't know, know, I don't know sure. Cameron. I'm... I, I haven't stopped <laughs> bitching about Final Fantasy Origin in one of the other servers I'm in. I don't know what so. that means. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what Good. that means. Good. Nobody should know okay. what that means. So, Fuck that game. Uh. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to speak on my level a little bit. Like, uh, Mitchell did a really good analogy uh on the on the last episode and and that helped me understand a little bit more like comparing like the the new breath of the wild sequel uh okay and so if you, so, if, you if you can compare it to the dku then i'll then i'll know what you're so talking about. okay so for final fantasy that. origin um pretend that when they announced donkey kong country returns they had uh just half a year prior wiped all copies of donkey kong country one from existence and were acting like returns was a brave new direction for the series and an entirely brand new thing and you couldn't play dkc1 anymore what they like deleted the the cartridges that already existed yeah like so so in this instance, there was a prior Final Fantasy game that I put a lot of time into that was online only, that they shut down abruptly and is now Lost Media, that has basically the same high concept as a new Final Fantasy title they just announced as if it's new and interesting, and it has worse art direction <laughs> and premise. Okay. I still don't care. <laughs> 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 no, I'm sorry. It's, it's the end of E3. I I I have like no reserves, and, and I'm grumpy. It's fine. Uh, and mm. I don't know why I'm this tired. Because the truth is, it's not like I I had a uh, overnight flight uh, coming back to the East Coast like I usually do at the end of E3, where Thursday night I just spend it in LAX, and then I hop on the red eye, and then I'm in Virginia when the sun is up. And then I just collapse into bed and hope I don't get whatever globetrotting flu is going around 
pre-COVID, you know, and, and then your body's just getting jet lag for just to be safe. It doesn't know what's going on. doesn't know why you weren't on a plane, but it's going to get jet lag anyway. Yeah. I think what's happening with me now is I put in, you know, work. I was, I was, uh, you know, up on everything for E3, but I don't have any of the adrenaline that E3 provides. So my body is still giving out. I just have less to show for it now. So mm. it's, uh, you know, this, this has been a weird E3. And I don't just mean because, of course, the, the general gaming media took the Donkey Kong story and, and blew it out of proportion or blew it up mm-hmm. too early, let's just say, uh, when it wasn't really ready to be this big gossipy story. And that put all sorts of expectations on this E3 for our community. And, you know, you can't help but feel that vibe. You know, you, you start getting into it. You're like, well, maybe it will be here. Maybe it will be shown off. Oh, yeah, Donkey Kong is coming. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you set yourself up. And, and then, of course, I'm also worrying. I'm excited, but I'm also worrying f- for the community's state of mind because I know it's probably not going to be at this E3. And I know everybody's going to be disappointed because there's one thing if the conversation is talking about this for two years, but it's another if major gaming sites are talking about it because then it's just more real, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was dreading, actively dreading at the very least Nintendo Tuesday. I, and so I felt sort of weirdly relieved afterward, like deflated and demoralized, but relieved. But wow, it just saps your energy, especially when you don't have a show floor to immediately travel to once the Nintendo Direct is over. It's it's just like okay, okay, so it's over now. <laughs> That's it. Bye. <laughs> it just ends on disappointment. It's like um, I, I I don't know. It, it, it's like um, not not to get vulgar but there's no money shot it's just it's just foreplay and then you're done and then you're so okay um i wanted to spend this episode sort of swapping stories about e3 as much as we can this year because it's not like we have any industry antidotes or like hey i saw i saw this person from rare and this is what i overheard uh, we can't do that because that didn't happen. We were all just sitting mm-hmm. at home. But we, you know, we can share the, our highlights. We did, we did talk to Amir. That's a, that's an E three consistency. We did. We did talk to our friend Amir of Rare Thief. Uh, that's thankfully we kept that streak alive. <laughs> you know, I sent Amir a friend request on the E three media site because he was the only. F- person i personally knew that i found on it and he never got back to me because i think he stopped checking it when he realized what a piece of junk it was (laughs) (laughs) uh e3 have a site that doesn't compromise people's security challenge uh yeah i i didn't i i mean so far i have i mean you can only dox me once right (laughs) 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 oh yeah let's joke about it to hide the pain all right, so this E3, I, I think, uh, was deficient. Um, and I don't just mean we didn't get the Donkey Kong game real, because I didn't think it was yeah. going to come. I didn't think it was going to be ready. Um, mm-hmm. 
And we got some cool stuff as far, even DKU-wise. I mean, if you're, I, I understand a lot of our listeners or a contingent of the DK Vine audience doesn't care about Sea of Thieves. But, you know, if, if you do, it was, it was a surprising E3. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're like a Gibbon or a Mitchell and you have broad <laughs> taste, you like Oh, and Cameron, I'm not excluding you. You you have broader taste than I do, but uh, I, I'm just holding up Gibbon and Mitchell as my uh, straw people here, so I, I can mm. make a point. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I would say like where I'm coming from is like if you expected this E3 to be anywhere near the kind of experience it was from previous years, you'd probably come away underwhelmed. Um, I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised how much is going on, all things yeah. considered, even if it's not, like, we'll get into specific things, but, mm-hmm. yeah, like, all things considered, I'm shocked how much brand new stuff we learned about and brand new stuff that's coming by the end of this year, for that yep. matter. Pretty much. I was expecting nothing, so <laughs> we got um, a lot of stuff. In that regard. Yeah, if if you if you're in E three just for the reveals, like if if the whole festival atmosphere of E three uh you don't care about you just you just want the reveals and then you kind of shut E three out. This E three probably felt no different than other years. It probably felt uh honestly better than some E threes. But for me, I I imagine if you're like me it might have fallen flat for you if you follow along at home. And, you know, I, I just want to kind of speak to what E3 is, what it really is. Because, um, you know, E3 is carried, honestly, by the show floor excitement. I know to a lot of people, E3 is the reveals. And, and so we associate E3 with the uh, the former, you know, the, the big stage shows and the Nintendo Direct and, and everything, all, all of the presentations and that Mm -hmm. is definitely a big aspect of e3 but that is usually only the beginning of e3 when that last nintendo direct airs that's when e3's doors open for the week like that is the beginning of e3 technically and then you've got the show floor where media and, and now gamers from around the world all converge downtown los angeles and they get to play those games and report on them and we you know th- like stories continue to come out throughout the week and even if you're following along at home it feels like a worldwide gaming party essentially uh and, but that can only really exist if there is a party and if there's a centralized location for it all and if you don't have that, it's just the studios doing digital presentations and press releases, and the information is strictly controlled through them. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of why it just fell flat for me. Once the Nintendo Direct was done, it, it was over. I, I feel like this, the the like quote-unquote E3 setup for this year is kind of like showing the industry at an awkward crossroads yeah. where I feel like the number of digital presentations this year due to the 
brought on like forced into this situation by the reality of covid and everything else it's kind of made it very plain that well studios don't have to give money to the esa to do a e3 presentation or make sure they're in one of the big shows they can do their own thing like that that realization has been made but the growing pains that they're still going through is oh when we're all just doing our own thing it is extremely disparate and hard to track and uneven Oh, I was using a site that had cataloged all the disparate shows and had like a calendar and I was following along on that. And that was basically the schedule I was living off of for the week. uh, Basically, this is like the like this is where the like Pokemon evolutions uh, splits like next year is. Is E3 going to be a Politoed or is it going to be a Polyrath? I don't mm. know. But this is, this is, I think, where they have to kind of dis- like collectively decide what's going to happen after this point. Mm. And they did, a lot of people did give money to the ESA, Cameron, this year. Uh, <laughs> if, if they wanted to be featured on E3 site, they didn't. Nintendo, oh, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that sponsor list. N- Nintendo, I mean, w- was featured on it. Xbox was not. Or, like, Xbox was featured on the list, but I think Xbox just did their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I did catch that. Yeah, so I, I'm not even really sure what giving money really offered, because as somebody who got E3 press credentials this year, as I have every year since, like, 2016... Uh, <laughs> that amounted for nothing. Uh, there, There was, like... Nintendo and all of the studios, they had sections on the E3 media site, but they never checked them. They never updated them. They never did Mm. anything with them. So it's like, even like, I couldn't even get media assets from the E3 media site. I just had to go on the general public site like everyone else. Oh, wow. It honestly comes off to me, and this is just my like ignorant ass, like uninformed public opinion, but it kind of comes off to me like, Microsoft maybe just like kept kept like the sponsorship and relationship going as like a good faith thing because it could very well be well next year Microsoft is going to have a physical presentation in the next building from E3 and if they had stopped like having amicable relations with each mm-hmm. other that's going to get very awkward very quickly yeah yeah, and, and and I hope you know the world it, it can get back to normal by next year, and we can have a physical E three because, uh, you know, we we've been talking for the last couple of years now. It's like, well, is E three on its way out with all these changes and with Sony basically pulling out? And you know, I admire that they tried this year because this is, I guess, better than nothing, right? It's better than last year. And I'm glad, you know, E3 does, no, no, E3 does mean a lot to a lot of gamers. It is a ritual, it's a tradition, it is basically uh, this early to mid-June week-long festival of gaming that kind of kicks off the summer, and, you know, you, you could argue, is it really necessary, but I think it's fun. It's exhausting if, if well. 
my argument is that that happened last year. It just didn't have the E3 label on it. Yeah, I mean... Y- and, and to a large extent, that's true of this year as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we had the E3 branding this year, and it was called E3, and everybody thought of it as E3, but it really wasn't E3, except the ESA was like, involved. It, it's why I'm putting, like... Like, I, I, I had literally said it the, just earlier, but... Basically, every time I'm going to say E3 in this episode, it has air quotes around it. Yeah, yeah. E3 and Summer of Gaming and this presentation and this show and Bobble all wrapped well, up. Gibbon, you're you're a wrestling fan. Like, you know, WrestleMania weekend, all these indie promotions have their own events. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all part of WrestleMania, even if it does, you know, all of those don't have... Uh, Vince McMahon's blessing. Uh, it, it's still yeah, like a which big... is why they're better than WrestleMania these days. But it, it's still a big festival <laughs> of wrestling, and that's what E3 is kind of becoming the big festival for gaming news. And so... I mean, yeah, as like I guess sort of a tentpole name quality aside, people will colloquially call it E3, even though E3 was actually only about like maybe twenty percent of it. Yeah, I. It, it's like, to me, E3 is an important part of my childhood, an important part of my teenage years, of my young adulthood. It It's not something I want to see go away. And, and I think as maybe tired as we all felt near the end of E3 2019... That's still that was still such a great experience, and I think the show floor, I miss it. I I see now what E three would be like without it, and I realize how you need that vibrancy. You need that. Okay, well the presentations are over, but we're still going to get deeper looks at these games. And my favorite like games journalist is going to f- find it for me, or my favorite fan site is there to really get the in-depth news mm-hmm. for my favorite thing that I know IGN and Kotaku won't care about. You know, that <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing that E3 does provide. And I mean, what, mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will, but they do offer DK Vine press credentials. I mean, that's... I'd also say it's just a healthy... Like not maybe not literally, and um, since we did the didn't do it the, didn't do it this year specifically to preserve health, but um, metaphorically, a healthy thing for the industry to have a public event where the people making these games and like various behind the scenes deals just have a common place casually to meet up and mm-hmm. talk I mean, to each other. It was E three twenty nineteen where the Pirates of the Caribbean deal with Rare came about. So yeah, I was trying to figure out how hard to wink at that. Oh, I, mean, suggestion. <laughs> I already said it on this, on this podcast. Like, while I've never been but to that's very E3's, what I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. And while I've never been to E three show floor myself, I go to uh PAX what direction am I in? West? PAX West every year. Um which is sort of like E3 Part 2, where everyone just takes all their E3 displays and sets them up in Seattle this time for all the people who couldn't get out to the East Coast. Right. Uh, and is, is like a month and a half later. And then there's like Gamescom and, in August, which is basically European E3. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it, it, like, you kick the can down the line. You got Comic Con yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, but. And then, mm-hmm. and then you have MAGFest where you have Donkey Kong bath time. 
<laughs> you know, I part of this episode will be how can Donkey Kong fans bide their time until the Donkey Kong game is announced, and uh, mm. that you know we we have to track down the makers of Donkey Kong Bath Time to to really <laughs> get that to make that a home experience and and not just. <laughs> this weird corner mm. of these uh, mid-Atlantic gaming or game and music festivals. I, I <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously I know this is kind of like boring discussion for most people because, you know, E3, I'm coming at it now from honestly a journalist perspective, like, Oh, we didn't have the show floor, but I also get now why E3 felt the way it did before it had even been E3 and and I thought I only cared about the reveals and the directs and the the stage shows because it's like no it still keeps going throughout the week because of the show floor and to just have it die on me on Tuesday I was like uh, is this it <laughs> we have the whole week <laughs> booked out this this it <laughs> so uh, yeah I like obviously I I can't be mad at anybody. Uh, because you know, worldwide pandemic, but it, it it is something I hope we can get back to next year. And maybe you know, like Cameron, you were saying, you know, you 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 were hoping that you know, the, if the Donkey Kong game isn't announced at C three, they announce it at an E three that we can be present at, so we can have the big uh, stage or the big set or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. oh, imagine. You know, getting to explore the Congo jungle in E3. How cool would that be? Maybe this is all for the best. Mm. Like, K. Rule not getting into Smash 4 ultimately uh, was for the best. You know, because he got into a better Smash game and it was a bigger deal when he did get into it. So, you know, maybe missing out this E3 isn't the end of the world. Um, But... Yeah, so that's the end of the E3 discussion in this e3 2021 <laughs> wrap-up let's discuss the games because okay um, if you insist so uh oh jeff is correcting you gibbon jeff our friend jeff onan dk vine yeah i got my my weast and est mixed up and yeah yeah because you said e- e3 was on the east coast or you implied yeah. it or I, no, I, I said assumed, it, and I was wrong. I just assumed you meant, like, PAX East, but I don't know which of those events comes first in the calendar. Yeah, I know the PAX that's up here in the Seattle area is after E3, and that's what I was trying to convey, is that they, they pack up all the, the E3 stuff and mm. move it up to Seattle yeah, for the events. next convention. I so. think E3 was in Georgia a couple times, in Atlanta, uh, before it just really settled into Los Angeles as its permanent home base, so that that would be weird to go to an E3 that's not <laughs> in the LA Convention Center and the Microsoft mm. Theater and that whole like little little corner of downtown LA like that that would be unnerving to me. It's like I don't know where to go. I this isn't familiar <laughs> to me. Uh, I, I don't know where Rare is. Help me find Rare. <sighs> All right. Well. What I want to do on on this episode is that uh, we, we can compare notes and we can say what the games of E3 are. Now, I realize this is the conversation, and I realize that my 
take on things are going to be quite different than normies. So mm. we're going to do two different categories here where we're going to compare notes. We're going to give our games of E3 parentheses DKU. And then we're going to give our games of E3 parentheses normies. So <laughs> <laughs> let's start with the DKU. And then that way, those who only care about Kong and friends can just, just leave. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> well, okay. So Gibbon, why don't you start? What are the games of E3 parentheses DKU? Okay. Uh, roughly in the order they were, uh, formally announced. Uh, we, we don't actually know if this one's DKU, but Mario and Rabbids sparks of hope All was right. a huge deal. It, it at the very least has something tangential to or relevant to DKU interest because it's been confirmed Grant Kirkup's coming back. This is true. Um, but yeah, that's that's obviously a really big deal. The game looks gorgeous and amazing. And even just in the, the trailers we've seen, there's some gameplay improvements and quality of life improvements. And everything just looks great. I love the new enemy designs. I love the new character designs they've shown off. I'm really excited for the game. <laughs> so uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, one of the sort of smaller tier game presentations uh, showed a bit more of Demon Turf, which again, not strictly DKU, but related because it's Platonic Friends. Um, yes, Demon being, Turf is, uh, is the public. first Platonic Friends game they've announced to be as part of their publishing wing of Platonic, and um, I, I I am keeping a close eye on all three of those yeah. games because yeah. like uh, they they did do that joke about like oh we're we're now required by law to put these googly eyes on things and well since those googly eyes are actual characters and drones mm, I don't know hand yeah, wavy there, there's there's some definite <laughs> definite implications coming from Platonic's yeah, end yeah. that they know we want a physical appearance by somebody in there so yeah. I don't know if they're going to like force every every <laughs> game that they publish to tell the devs, "Hey, because we're publishing your game, you have you have to stick Vendi in it." Fuck you. <laughs> but um, uh, what demon of hell can we take from a Platonic game and put in Demon Turf? Oh, I know Vendi. Um, <laughs> but Platonic knows the way uh, its fans tick. So yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Um. Like I I. It was on my radar anyway. It had been talked about in some of the circles I'm in as just sort of looking interesting. And then it came out that uh, it was going to be under the Platonic Friends label. So my interest, like, you know, got a multiplier on it. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And that got shown off a bit more uh, and is going to be on more platforms now. So that's exciting. Um, Obviously, I think the major DKU uh, um, steal the show moment was when Sea of Thieves hit. And uh, you you discussed that trailer in depth uh, the other day, and yeah, we weren't nobody, none of us were expecting that. None of us knew that was coming down the pipeline. So that was just sort of a cavalcade of holy shit, what moments? It, it's funny because nobody, none of us <laughs> knew it, but we as soon as we realized what it was, we all recognized exactly when it happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like, oh, um, yeah, okay. And then, um, just time has lost all meaning. Was it just yesterday that we got the second trailer? 
Um, yeah, and I don't know yeah. how much of that we should discuss because Rare is being very um, like you shouldn't really discuss it because there are spoilers. Yeah, so I'll I'll be vague about it, but it too, like in the wake of the announced trailer, we had talked in a in our various community discords about various things, going, "Oh, I'd love it if they did this or saw this," and I think they could. Like, it's about time they did this with this thing in the game, and then pretty much all of that was in the second trailer. Speaking, it was like, speak- "Holy shit!" Uh, <laughs> Speaking of ways E three is different um, this year than others, um, I've reached the point with um, Sea of Thieves of Pirates Light where where I'm saying, pl- please stop showing me stuff from this. <laughs> it's coming so soon. No, um, yeah, and they're going to be doing a more in-depth uh, presentation on that on Sunday. So, yeah, that'll, like, you're not done yet, Hyle. Sorry. Um, I mean, it, it's launching on Tuesday, so I'm not even going to watch that <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah, I, I I feel like at this yeah. point, I'm too spoiler conscious, and I'll say, well, I really want to hear what they have to say in those interviews, but yeah, between until like, after Tuesday. Between the fact that it's Father's Day on Sunday, and uh, that I'll be going out with some friends as well, yeah, I probably won't watch it either, because as you say, it's just coming out on Tuesday. But yeah, Sea of Thieves, just probably best in show as far as dku is concerned um which i wasn't expecting um yeah i'll I'll save that for my Uh, my thoughts uh, they showed a new mario party i don't care about it uh mario (laughs) Golf star rush they showed more of uh i really like the mario sports titles and i really like what they've shown yeah whatever um How was I that was... not? In, how was that not picked <laughs> up as a euphemism? But Davy Jones' organ was. <laughs> what would be Peach's cake? Yeah, yeah. They showed a bunch more of Star Rush's uh, story mode, which looks really interesting and has like actual boss fights and stuff. And they teased some upcoming new content, which will include New Donk City. So I'm really excited about that. That's sort of up my alley with my um, my other, because I do the DK Girder stuff that covers pretty much everything that DK Vine doesn't. So that's <laughs> more my purview. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd say those four were the major uh, DKU related things that uh, I was excited about during the show all right camera the various shows i said i said pick your game of of the show and you gave me four uh you but, said games it says games right here in the well, show god notes. damn it all right cameron <laughs> give so, me your um, list so um mine will be very similar in that i'm just going to read gibbons because <laughs> i don't think this is a a e3 that like where the donkey kong content evolved beyond a top five (laughs) Um, there's literally you're lucky if you can space it out the five (laughs) um i I would say e3 for me was kind of the first big thing i was like there were things i thought were cool or good um before this like not to disparage anything that came before but mario plus rabbit sparks of hope was the first game shown off in like the bubble of e3 where i was really excited seeing what i was seeing Mm -hmm. um like i'm just excited i'm excited to know what they do with it i am very intrigued by the new stuff they showed off and i'm 
happy for everybody involved in that game that they got to go another round with it because the first uh, Mario Plus Rabbids, which I finally just recently played through, seems like it was very fun to make. Um, uh, and then uh, Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life happened, and then the rest of E3 just became a blur. Um, as I was just so blown away by the sheer um, scope of what that represents and the shock of it happening in the first place and also how good it looked. But, um, yeah, D- Demon Turf was a game that I was, that had piqued my interest, um, I think also, as Gibbon had mentioned, before um, Platonic had announced they had any sort of hand in it um, because it's a... It's the kind of thing that will catch my eye immediately, which it does a like very unique art um, style thing of pairing um, 3D geometry with a 2D character. Um, like it vaguely reminded me of uh, like the fan game Sonic Roboblast 2, which is like a Doom mod with Sonic in it is kind of the vibe it was giving me, but like massively expanding on that premise or of just the the visual style and having platonic's hand in it just it just uh, furthers my interest in it um mario golf star rush uh i'm of two minds because on the one hand i'm just not that much of a golf person like even mario golf um like i enjoyed everything toadstool tour represented and the content it had and um, all the trappings of it that I enjoyed seeing and hearing, but at the end of the day, it couldn't really um, overcome that I just don't enjoy a go- video game golf all that much. Um, but all that said, um, I have s- similar reservations about tactics games, and I love Mario Plus Rabbids. Um, and it looks like. Camelot is honestly pretty on fire with Star Rush in terms of the exact kind of content I want to see a Mario spin-off game have. And then um Mario Party um so the thing is with Mario with Mario Party is I'm coming at this from a very, very different angle than a lot of DK viners in my like age window in that Mario Party on the N64 was pretty much like I think I played it maybe one day for like 15 minutes in my childhood and that's like that was the extent of my playtime with any of the N64 Mario Party games it ended right then and there um and then I played like 3 of the the GameCube era titles before I kind of realized I I don't hang out with friends enough for this to be a media experience for me or at least fulfilling in the way I wanted so I kind of fell out of the series but um, I do like the what it represents I can recognize the enthusiasm from the people who did have those positive experiences with the early Mario Party games and I do recognize the significance of having Woody uh, appear on the box art of the game, and I think that is hilarious. Well, we should I love explain it. what Woody is before we th- people think you're being lewd again. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> What's this we thing? This is all you. Uh, so, 
Cameron, you you had a great joke in the uh, the Discord server, the inner circle, the other day, and I botched it when I related the story uh, on Tuesday. Um, would you would you mind sharing about it Woody? Even, it wasn't even really a joke. It was an observation say, that was humorous. Observation. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll quote my exact words here. Um, I kept my expectations in check, but anticipating the return of K. Rule or Unguard and getting the return of Woody is peak DK Vine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm happy for the Woody fans <laughs> out there. All you, all you, um, what, 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 I don't even know what to call. I, <laughs> I, I'm trying not to be lewd now, and there's no, there's no way to like define a group of people based on their appreciation for somebody named Woody. Uh, mm. that's why Woody Harrelson's fan, fan club, uh, was shut down by the authorities. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, Mario Party 2 introduced all these anthropomorphic trees, uh, like, like Deku trees or, uh, Treebeard from off of Lord of the Rings. And, and there's Woody, who is the primary one, but then there are also the ancillary ones, DK Vine's favorite is one versus three mini game tree, uh, the the tree that houses all the one versus three mini games. But it's such a nonsense term that anybody who has never played the game, or anybody like your your grandparents, or you know people who aren't part of this world, they'll look at you like like you're having some sort of aneurysm when you say that name. Which is why we served, we we doled it out, I should say, as a punishment avatar for anybody on the forum who we <laughs> didn't outright yeah. deserve banning, but was just irritating the then uh, moderators of the forum. And so it's like, okay, you're going to have the one versus three minigame tree avatar deal it, with it. It was an actual um, group, like, on the forum, <laughs> too, like, like admins moderators members one versus three mini game tree yeah and i'm not proud of that like definitely the way the forum is run now is far better than it was run when you know people were getting banned over misplaced semicolons but you know uh yeah one versus three mini game tree is one of those characters that dk vine has up on a pedestal we don't have many like mario characters up on a pedestal like obviously rare created characters and uh, platonic created characters there there are ones we just celebrate because they're so obscure but we love them so much uh, but one versus three minigame tree is one of the few game uh, characters from the cameo games that were like you. Yes, you. You can be part of the club. Come here. Uh, so uh, Woody. Woody is is kind of like the father of them all or the mother of them all or just the, the primary basis for them all. So Woody's back, everyone. Yay. Okay. I, uh, I I should point out in the in our live stream chat, um, Jordan Freeman has pointed out something that actually is like a very notable thing for this Mario Party in that it has it has online play from the start, not as mm. like downloadable content coming later. That's true. Which, yeah, that is a huge deal and does throw out one of the problems with my previous experiences with Mario with the uh, Mario Party. I almost said Mario Kart. Unfortunately, that was not at the C three. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's also the other thing. is like everybody's expecting Mario Kart 9, and now here's a new Mario Party. We didn't talk about this on the Tuesday live episode. Because uh, we were, I, I was too demoralized after getting hate mail all day. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's tapered off though. Nobody, everybody's calmed down. So, um, uh, but I, you know, we, Cameron, the uh, classic conversation we did about the new Diddy Kong render. Uh, there, there was some speculation. Well, maybe <laughs> it's for a new Mario Party. Well, maybe it's for this Mario part. I mean, it's not for this because they were just upgrading their stock <laughs> Mario yes. adjacent renders. But you know, we haven't like seen it, we haven't seen Diddy it'll, in this. So. It'll potentially be used in a Mario blank, but it's not necessarily for that Mario. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we haven't seen Diddy in Mario Party Superstar. I have to think, what the fuck is the name? It's like Mario, is it, does it, does it start with Super, or is it just Mario Party? And then I have to figure out what sets it apart <laughs> from the other ones. Uh, Mario Party yeah, Superstars. Mario, yeah, Mario Party Superstars. Super Mario Party Superstars. Super Mario Party Stars. We haven't seen Diddy in it at all and i don't know if diddy's oh. going to be in it or or if they're just waiting for that when they inevitably do the donkey kong direct for donkey kong's 40th anniversary and they're like and diddy's gonna be in mario party superstars <laughs> we love see we have all sorts of things planned like diddy being in this game but uh the the mario golf I was like, God, Mario Golf Superstar, Mario Golf Super Rush, uh, Star did, Rush, Star Rush. Did I say Super, super Rush? Super, I think it is Super Rush. It is Super Damn Rush. It. Am I wrong? You're wrong. What <laughs> <laughs> Mario has like the same problem we have with oh, sea of shit, you're right. and Devil's yeah. Roar yeah. and Devil's Crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just the word super and star. Mario, and Mario Golf, Golf Sugar Rush. Mario Golf um, Devil's Balls. Uh, we, mm, we, uh, yeah. We, I think we pretty much have it soft confirmed that Diddy is definitely coming to the game. Mm, with, with, I like your optimism. Oh, I mean, uh, it happened with Mario Tennis Aces, and this is Camelot. That's true. This is Camelot. This isn't uh, the, the wing of Nintendo EPD that handles Mario Kart. This is Camelot. All right, Camelot, they're the ones who first brought Diddy to the Cameo games. They were mm. the ones to first use Diddy outside of Rare. So Diddy is going to be in this. I I won't be too disappointed if he's not, just because, as I said on the last episode I was on, it's honestly a, a solid roster to the point that they have so far to the point where I don't really have a frame of reference to say, well, geez, they put X terrible character in here but they didn't put diddy kong like no this is a really good lineup the thing is i associate diddy with mario golf so much and that's <laughs> because he made his non-rare debut minus the silhouette in mario kart 64 in a toadstool tour and that's where we got that was also the debut of his five-fingered uh per hand model so that's where yeah. we got the prosthetic golfing finger fan wank that I, uh, I will say um i do hope diddy does end up in it though because they've done a really fun thing for this spinoff where they put all of the characters in well, not every character this is kind of the extension of my issue um they put most of the cast in very fun like golf specific like 
like casual outfits. Mm, yes, and they're amazing attire. They're they're great. They're a lot of fun. Um, Donkey Kong did not get one. Um, it's so, so weird. just has his tie. But I feel like Diddy wears enough like normal human clothes where it would be weird for them not to do something for him. Mm. And I would love to see what they come up with if they actually decide to have fun with it. I could see him in like a golf polo with a golf hat. You know, I could see him like a, the Tiger Woods red. Yeah, polo. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, have like a one of those like like Ralph Lauren style polos, but the the stars on his shirt are just a tiny badge near the breast pocket instead mm-hmm. of yes. <laughs> instead but of that's that's why I would love K. Roll in one of these games so he could have a little claptrap. Uh, <laughs> <where they go. laughs> Ooh, yes, yes. Um, I somebody did fan art of K, a K, golfing K. Rule on Twitter, and that's what I suggested them. I was like, I hey, need these little, <laughs> little claptrap. Uh, all right, so is that is that your DKU games of the show, Cameron? Yes. All right. Uh, mine's really just Sea of Thieves because uh, Demon <laughs> Demon Turf I'm interested in, but you know that, that I I can't really get juiced for Demon Turf until I've really played it. Um, <laughs> Mario Party Superstars I can't get excited about because I'm f- perfectly content with Super Mario Party, especially now that it has online and. I, I get fatigued with Mario Party very easily. Very easily. Don't push me. And the fact <laughs> that this is mostly just recycled content that looks very pretty. Very, very pretty. Like, I can't believe how good some of these classic minigames look. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just like, ugh. Uh, but I'm, ha- I'm excited for those who are excited. I don't outright hate it. Uh, but it, it's not like it's just... 2005 again and we're getting Mario Party how you know 7 or whatever it was it's, th- this is arguably justified although I think this is getting into the like, we, we need games to fill our COVID beleaguered release lineup uh, schedule and let's just get out another Mario Party I, I just view it with like suspicion <laughs> mm. And and if Diddy was in it, like he Diddy was in Super Mario Party, and if Diddy was in this, maybe like Diddy is like sugar with medicine; it, it helps it go down. <laughs> and or or it's like for me when I would drink Robitussin, out of, I had this frog spoon when I was like when I was a kid. It was like this like a medicine spoon that was shaped like a frog and it just went down in it and it may take in a really bitter medicine more fun because i'm like oh, i'm kissing a frog hmm. hey uh so that's what diddy is for me in these games and it's great the donkey's playable after the close to a decade or more where he wasn't playable in mario party but uh i guess it was more than a decade yeah but yeah diddy that's is crazy diddy is kind of like the thing that puts it over the top for me with these games, because Diddy is still such a novelty to me in any of these games. Like, whoa, Diddy's in it. Mm. Uh, Diddy's my character. Diddy is my favorite fictional character of all time. So, uh, that Diddy goes a long way for me, but, and Mario golf, uh, super rush, 
uh, it is super rush route. I, Gibbons thrown me now. <laughs> no, you're correct. I looked it up. <laughs> Mario Golf, Mario Golf Super Rush. I'm excited about, but it's coming out like next week. So I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> E3, oh, like to, to be fair, so is um, yeah. But we didn't, <laughs> we didn't know about it. I've known about this for months, so I'm just. It's kind of like Mario Tennis Aces was, where I'm just like, yeah, okay, but you really need to be a part of this week. Can't you just wait? Uh, so for <laughs> me, it, it's definitely Sea of Thieves. Oh, and Mario Plus Rabbits. I'm intrigued about. I don't think it'll be DKU. I'm making that call now. We'll see if I'm wrong. But I am playing through Kingdom Battle. I'm taking notes for the conversation I plan to do for it this summer. And I, I just want to say I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, I am actually surprised by how funny it is and how much I'm <laughs> laughing with a Mario game. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, wow, if this was just the general direction of Mario, it's a very rare take on Mario, rare the studio and rare, uh, just the descriptive term, because I like, I know Mario RPGs tend to indulge in humor more, uh, albeit, you know, maybe localized for, you know, different regions, but this is just like, whoa, they got away with that joke? That, oh, <laughs> whoa, in a Mario game. Whoa. Oh, they and- got they got away with so much. They- <laughs> yeah, mm, it's yeah. Ma- it's making me like the world of Mario. And granted, it, it's a DKU game with a like a basically a Donkey Kong game hiding uh, to the side if you, if you have the DLC or the gold edition. But uh, I mean, I haven't even gotten to Donkey Kong Adventure yet. And I'm just like enjoying it It, and and it's mm. wild to me i'm enjoying mario i'm playing mario and luigi and 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 there's piranha plants and goombas and i'm I'm having a good time like what the fuck Uh. is wrong with me Uh. (laughs) i can't wait till you actually get to dk adventure because it's such a love letter it's so fucking great uh so you know sparks of hope i'm gonna keep an eye on throughout its pre-release and up through release but yeah, for me, there, there's no contest. It's Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life. And I did not expect Sea of Thieves to be my game of E3 in 2021. <laughs> how many <laughs> how many years a row, in a row does that make Sea of Thieves the game of E3? Well, maybe not consecutively, no, but just almost cum- cons- cumulatively. So I figured it out in the uh, inner circle the other day because we were talking about it. I was like, well, E3 2015... It was Sea of Thieves was my game of the year. Because that was the year of Rare Replay and just the reveal trailer for Sea of Thieves. But Sea of Thieves excited mm-hmm. me so much that I was thinking about it more than I was Rare Replay. Because Rare Replay is great, but it you know it's just well-worn territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016, obviously, was Sea of Thieves. Because, you know, I was in the trailer. Yay! Uh, 2017, it was Sea of Thieves. Uh, 2018, it was still Sea of Thieves. 2019... Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Ukulele mm. Impossible Lair. It was a tie. If it wasn't for the Banjo and Kazooie reveal, then Impossible Lair would have run away with it. But it, I, I rolled away with it, surely. Yes. Uh, but Banjo Kazooie and also Nintendo acknowledging the DKU in a major trailer like that. It, I, mm-hmm. I it, it's like I love Impossible Lair, so that was kind of my game of the of the show. But I can't 
escape the shadow of the significance of the Banjo Kazooie reveal for our community. So, mm-hmm. so that was the only year Sea of Thieves was shut out. Uh, now we're back. E3 is back, 2021, and Sea of Thieves once again my game of <laughs> E3, which I mean, sure, it kind of wins by default, but also. This this was a trailer. This was a reveal that none of us really saw coming uh, at first. And this is not even something I wanted. If you would have asked me last week, hey, how would you feel about putting Pirates of the Caribbean characters in Sea of Thieves in a five-part Tall Tale crossover where Jack Sparrow sails around on your ship? I would be like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. What are you doing in my house? Who are you? Get out. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's like you don't realize how cool something can be until you have it shown to you. If this was explained yeah. to me, I would have hated yeah. it. If, if, like, let's say E3 2019, Cameron, let's say uh, Craig Duncan pulled us aside and was like, hey, I want, I want to ask you something. We're thinking about doing a deal with Disney. How would you feel about this? I would have been like, uh, how about you put TT in Sea of Thieves? <laughs> but seeing this, it'll cost you a lot less. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know. We don't know the terms and conditions of the deal, Cameron. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how that shakes out either. But I think less money would change hands to put. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Put it that way. So anyway, I plus th- red tape. Seeing what this means for so many people, and the amount of people who are saying, "Oh, I've got to play Sea of Thieves now." It's cool. I, I can't <laughs> deny how cool this is. And like I've talked about with Jeff, uh, who was our resident Sea of Thieves expert, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is the biggest pirate media around, especially in this mm-hmm. era. Even though, I sa- as I said, the franchise is definitely on the decline from its heights in the early to mid-aughts. It, it still has a lot of cultural significance if you like pirates and you like pirate fiction and pirate fantasy and so for Rare to pull this off and and for it to almost be like Pirates of the Caribbean kissing Sea of Thieves ring, uh, because Sea of Thieves is like the big, like Sea of Thieves is the quintessential pirate game now. I know like you, mm-hmm. you can make arguments like, yeah, well, but Monkey's Island and Donkey Kong Country 2. And yeah, those are games that definitely feature piracy. But as far as like, I am playing as a pirate, my friends are pirates, we're pirates, it's Sea of Thieves. So, I think that was like one of the official like interview lines, like in press with Disney for this. Like, why didn't you make a Pirates of the Caribbean game? Well, the best pirate game already exists. Yeah, and considering like when Sea of Thieves was pre-launch, and we had games like Skull and Bones, and we were like, "Oh, is this going to be a rival to Sea of Thieves? Is Sea of Thieves going to be in trouble?" <laughs> Uh, it's gotta come out for that to be a thing <laughs> seriously i don't want to has sh- to exist first i don't want to shit talk any game just because it's like a potential rival like i i'm not gonna shit talk super monkey ball even though it's still our anniversary glory than nintendo direct but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean skull and bones looked interesting and it looked to be doing something different than Sea of Thieves. But, I mean, Sea of Thieves is one. Yeah. Sea of Thieves is already that's, one. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the, the way I looked at it when they announced, when they started, like, circulating press for that game. Like, people were asking, is this going to, like, be a... Is this going to compete with Sea of Thieves? Is it going to, like, be a Sea of Thieves killer? And I'm thinking, well, they look like they're both trying to do 
very different things, they'd probably appeal to very different kinds of players. Yeah. And now that it sounds like they've kind of gone back to the drawing board with that game, I don't know if it's going to evolve into something that hues closer to Sea of Thieves, but now it's kind of reached the point where Sea of Thieves has taken root. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of too late to, like, shove it out of the way now. Yeah, it's, it's the, the world of Warcraft of pirate media and or, games. Or, like, I, I was thinking so. about, like, uh, when e-readers were getting, launching, Kindle had such a head start on everybody that now people just refer to e-readers as Kindles, even you though... You said e-reader, mm-hmm. and I genuinely thought you were going to talk about the Game Boy Advance peripheral. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I've never made that connection, Cameron. I like I've I've all like I I've said e-reader referring to the tablets, and I've never mm. once thought e-reader. And then when I say e-reader referring to the Game Boy Advance peripheral, I've never once thought electronic books. <laughs> it's so weird. Whoa! Uh, uh, brains are amazing things. They, they're terrifying things. <laughs> but so, yeah, pretty much pretty much every pirate game that comes out now is going to be compared to Sea of Thieves one way or another. And especially so. because Sea of Thieves not only has such a head start, but it, it has so much stuff We're, in it, especially with this new update. And that's what's yeah. really exciting for me as somebody who still needs to watch uh, the the last four Pirates movies. And, get, <laughs> and you know, now, now that I have, you know, no... Um, resentment and bitterness towards failed relationships attached to them psychologically i uh i think that like the most exciting thing for me though is not jack sparrow or or davy jones or uh is orlando bloom in this he's not he's not is not yet okay uh or kira knightley but it's uh it's the new stuff coming to see if these with this mm, update yeah like the yeah new, the new enemy classes it- and it's it's like we already discussed like you could you could chop up like every new announcement that was inclusive included in that trailer and like to have just made that the one thing they were reviewing for sea of thieves this year and it would have excited me to no end yeah yeah but pretty much it's sensory overload that we're getting it all at once Th- this this is so much stuff i wanted in the game as much as we all love skeletons and we're all gonna have a skeleton <laughs> beach party whenever we play the game and this update has a new skeleton yeah yeah so uh yeah and i can't believe it's coming next week like that's that's just yeah like, that's uh, another thing like if they'd yeah. announced this and been like and it's coming in uh, like four months or whatever i know a lot of hardcore sea of thieves players the ones who, who played five times a week and they've been getting discouraged because, oh, Rare is just spinning their wheels. They're not announcing anything new. Nothing new is being added to the game. Well, now we know why, especially dealing with an organization like Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they had to jump through a lot of hoops to get everything uh, everything squared away before announcing this. And they probably wanted to do an E3 announcement and, and then just it was all ready to go. So here you go. So it's... It's yeah. here now, so yeah. um, it, it's definitely invigorating, reinvigorating for fans of Sea of Thieves. It's like, oh no, we're still getting tall tales. We're still getting all this new stuff. They're not just mm-hmm. getting into this comfortable 
Like, oh, this is what the game is now, and we're going to do minor updates and quality of life improvements and, and occasionally add something kind of big, but this is, this is basically the game from now on. It's like, no, no, like, the game is just getting started. So that's, that. it, it's <laughs> make, it's make, makes Sea of Thieves just as fresh for me as it was back E3 2015 when I had no conception of what the game was actually going to entail. Mm, uh, speaking of, like... I think everything from that initial announced trailer is now going to be in the game. Uh what what wasn't? Uh the mermaid stuff. Well, yeah, but we we do you mean E3 2015 or E3 2016 the the cinematic the, trailer? The initial the cinematic I, trailer. I think you're you'd be referring to the 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 We Shall Sail Together trailer, yeah. the one that was in in 2016 because the the reveal trailer didn't have the mermaids in it. Mm, yeah. I guess Diving Bell or whatever her name is still isn't in the game. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I mean there's there's things that we know about that were like discussed or like um mentioned or like seen in concept art, I think before launch that like mm-hmm. aren't, still aren't in there. Like um, the big one I always think about is being able to name your ship. Uh, but, yeah. Um, Why? I mean, I I know they don't want naughty stuff in there, but the fact that they won't even let me name a parrot after Chris Alcock shows that <laughs> their filters are working. So, well, hey, well you know, hey, the thing is with the, take the Lord's name in vain, well, you know, the thing is with the the ship, they have to be a lot more careful than a pet because, you know, you, it's bad luck to rename a ship. <laughs> so if you <laughs> name the ship, Chris all cockatoo, <laughs> and then they realize, Oh wait, that has a word that wasn't picked up by our word filters, but Oh no, we, we can't change it. it <laughs> it'd be bad luck. Well, you're stuck. You're stuck yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, I think they just need to do some sort of infinite pirate generator for ship names. No, nah, because we sail in the dreadfully evil. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, I guess you two would not want to talk about some other games. Your your <laughs> your your gen audience games of E3. I mm-hmm. I, I I that's okay. I, I can. Uh, I can answer these sponsorship opportunities for the conversation while you talk about your games of E3 that I don't care about. Um, <laughs> have, ha, ha, have tell you us been, how you really feel. Have you been d- dreading this part of the? Uh, uh, Given, I will let you. Well, you know what? Why? <laughs> since I'm not really participating in this, why don't you both just swap notes and compare? <laughs> yeah. I, I realize that's probably for the best because in this section where we've kind of had to quickly jot down the games of E3 we're excited for, where there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to keep it sparse. Uh, when I was editing this list earlier, I just kind of listed out everything that interested me and then sort of cut half of them off uh, and kept it mostly to the new announcements of stuff we didn't know about already. There were a few games that, like, we knew about already. I say we, broadly, in the royal sense. Like, um, there's an indie game I'm following, Signalis, that got shown off at the Tribeca presentation uh, during all this E3 stuff, and we got to see some new stuff about that. And similarly, we got new info about, like, Solar Ash Kingdom and other um, sort of single-A and double-A titles that I'm looking forward to. But as far as new stuff is concerned... 
Um, one of the early games shown during the Summer of Gaming thing with Jeff Kelly. Kelly, I don't know how to pronounce his name, was Metal Slug Tactics, which looks really yeah. interesting. Um, and I was really excited for that, especially from the angle of we haven't gotten a new Advance Wars in ages. And it looked like, oh, hey, this is scratching that itch. And then later, Nintendo was like, fuck you, new Advance Wars. <laughs> um, uh, well, new in quotes. It's it's a remake of the first two games in a collection. But that's still really big news because yeah. we haven't had uh, any Advance Wars since the it, DS. As, so. as somebody who previously mentioned, like, that they have difficulty embracing tactics games. I was still very excited for both of those announcements for Mm -hmm. reasons outside of them being tactics games. Number one being that I am a huge fan of the traditional metal slug games as like, they are some of for superficially, they are some of the, the most beautiful, um, like Uh, raster based games to have ever existed. Mm -hmm. God, yes. Um, and I'm really just glad to see that IP flourish in any way. And I do like that the tactics game is kind of taking cues um, from that legacy. Mm-hmm. And um, for Advance Wars, um, one, I just recognize the significance of... There was a lot of assumptions that IP was just dead and gone. Um, yeah. Because of... The conception, um, perhaps not entirely unjustified, that like it's the same thing you hear when people say, well, Nintendo hasn't made a new F-Zero because Mario Kart is already their most successful racing game. Why would they make another racing game that won't sell as well, even though it's appealing to a very different market? Mm -hmm. And people were saying the exact same thing of Advance Wars. Yeah, because like, it's why, from the Fire Emblem team. Right, it's so. from the Fire Emblem team, and it's a very, it's appealing to a similar like genre. And the conversation was, well, why would they make a new Advance Wars when you have a tactics game that also has like relationships and stuff in it? Mm-hmm. And it's shocking to see this IP come back, and um, it's also shocking to know the pedigree of who's behind it, and that is Way Forward. Yeah. Which, um, they're a company that's been in a lot of, like, Nintendo-adjacent conversations. Um, you might remember, or, but they've never, as far as I know, worked on a first-party Nintendo property yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that's kind of always been in in the conversation that people would love to see them work on a Nintendo property. Like, you'll both probably remember the kerfuffle of when Nintendo announced they were doing, like, a... Was it was it like a treehouse spotlight, so or, or a direct? I can't remember, but mm. they were teasing that they were going to show off a brand new, unannounced way forward game. Oh yeah, using yeah. an existing IP. Mm-hmm. And, and I was of, all set, in on Wario Land. <laughs> yeah, it set the internet on fire like so much they had to very quickly clarify, like not not a Nintendo owned property because that's what you were seeing. You were seeing like, oh, I hope they're making. Wario Land because Shantae has already kind of proven they can make a very good Wario Land ish game. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I hope Way Forward's making a new Metroid. Or all of these conversations. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of Way Forward stuff is very evocative of Nintendo stuff. So 
extremely. So I'm excited not just that to see Advance Wars come back and like be happy for those fans and just, you know, even if I'm not a huge fan of certain properties, like I did play the first Advance Wars and I I can see the the appeal there's fun stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like a mega fan of it, but I know people who seem to be and I'm very happy for fans of that franchise. I like seeing that come back and on the periphery I'm excited about what this could mean for potential collaborations for Nintendo and way forward going yeah um, yeah on the way forward all exciting stuff um I see another thing that's on both of our lists is River <laughs> yes. City Girls speaking of way forward <laughs> yeah um I mean from my from my perspective um this is one of those things that's been a boon um, following um, Rare and Xbox and then um, being gifted like a Game Pass subscription at E3 and it kind of turning out to be a gateway drug where now I just want Game Pass <laughs> forever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And River City Girls was a game that like caught my eye when it was announced, but I was like just not in a position where I was ready to drop the full price on it at the time and mm-hmm. I forgot about it for a little bit and then it popped up on Game Pass I'm like I'll give this a try and holy shit I I really liked that game it was yeah. the first game I finished this year and I like finished it 100% pretty much got every Ooh, single wow. achievement like replayed it several times nice and nice so yeah I'm just very happy to find out there not only making another one um but also um well i i guess also speaking to the new one there since this would be relevant for like dk vine's interest river city girls has kind of become like a the like arc system works universe um game (laughs) (laughs) pulling in um characters from double dragon um like there is a lot of Double Dragon content yeah, in like, River City Girls. So I was I was looking it up, and Double Dragon's by the same people who created the the River City Ransom universe, and they've crossed over before. Um, but it's also they got have. like characters from other things that studio has created, plus characters from other things Arxis has created with these licenses that aren't necessarily in the same continuity. Um, and it's just sort of bringing it all together in a, I don't know if I'd call it cohesive because it intentionally looks at it's, the fourth wall and gives it the finger at times when talking about the continuity. It's honestly matchups. for me, like a, for a first timer to like the, the river city ransom slash like Kunio Kun universe that it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact right balance between like just outright continuity porn, but also re- like presented in a way that's extremely accessible. If you're coming to this universe the first yeah, time, because yeah. it is so flippant and like tongue in cheek about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was also my first uh, experience with that uh, series. And it's a series I was aware of uh, kind of vaguely because um, if, if you're not aware, like I was unaware uh, this series has been going for fucking ever and has nearly 60 entries, and we've only gotten a handful of them in the United States. 
Um, and, and it's River one City of those series that's like yeah. harangued by, still harangued by early localization choices too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those games that suffered from we're going to localize this under a different title and completely change the story and characters and fuck you jeff and um uh <laughs> arxis is having fun with that too uh kind of referencing the various localization uh, things to, to bring it so. back to to bring it back to to dku um like i imagine this is like very similar to how like it's honestly very similar in tone to the new Battletoads. Like I could mm, see, yeah, this game's version of the double double dragon cast crossing over with that version of the Battletoads. That's true. There is a a DKU connection there in that this universe has crossed over with Battletoads before. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they reference that. Oh, at some point. oh, sorry. So a toad <laughs> named Barry White just hit me with the spiny <laughs> shell and. <laughs> And then I spun out on my own banana because Funky has the banana cannons. I'm I'm sorry. I just got discouraged there. Keep going. Mm, you you working on that uh that photo op thing for Mario Kart Tour? I I already did it. I already did it. Check the Twitter once in your life. Okay. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But I guess uh yeah, the the other like the last thing I'll say on River City Girls is they also announced um, a game called River City Girls Zero, which is a like new localization of the like I'm not even going to read out the original title because I will just completely mangle it, and it is also <laughs> like three sentences long. <laughs> um, I'm basically, told the the original title translates to something like River City Badasses. But uh, but like long story short, it's the the game that the main characters of River City Girls are like were originally playable in for the first time. And there's a lot of because it it stayed in Japan, it never left Japan. And there's a bunch of jokes in like in River City Girls that lean on the fact that nobody knows what the fuck this game is. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm kind of excited for that. Um being brought into the fold with that context mm-hmm. and nobody knows what the fuck this game is. Yeah. I also like that these were announced as like a side comment in a limited run games presentation. That was all very tongue in cheek. I wasn't expecting new game announcements in there. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, since, since I don't want, Heil to just shrivel up and die like a mummy. I'll try to be brief with the rest of this stuff. Um, We got a big Elden Ring trailer, which is a really big deal if you like Dark Souls and FromSoft. Um, We obviously already knew the game was coming, but we got like an actual look at gameplay and what the game's going to be like and a release date. Uh, So that's coming early next year. That's going to be cool. Um, I am a huge fan of arcane software which is under bethesda which is now under microsoft um i have tattoos of stuff from them on my body and a bunch of collector's edition stuff you can only <laughs> have gotten at conventions non-stop combo um, how often do you see that yeah funky i'm happy for you I, I thought um, that was going to be commentary about <laughs> the tattoos but okay yeah 
Um, they announced a new game. Uh, they were actually the, the capstone announcement for the Microsoft uh, presentation. So that's probably my second favorite thing out of the Microsoft presentation after uh, the Sea of Thieves announcement. Have, having no affinity as previously established for Arcane, that did look really cool. Yeah, um, it's it's a bit different than what Arcane usually does. If you're unfamiliar with them, they've made Dishonored and Prey, uh, which are sort of spiritual successors to Thief and System Shock. And they're working on Deathloop, which you may have seen uh, heavily showcased at various PlayStation presentations. So this new game is Redfall and is sort of um, an urban sci-fi vampire invasion <laughs> game. <laughs> Uh, and it looks pretty interesting yeah. if you're into that sort of stuff. Um, they showed off some more Zelda stuff. We got a new Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, which looks neat. They showed some anniversary things in the Game & Watch and some new... Uh, they highlighted some of the new Age of Calamity DLC that's out uh, today, actually. I should go update that. Um, so that looks neat, but again, not really a whole lot of new info. Uh, the big, big thing from Nintendo show would be Metroid Dread, which yep. I know Heil gives negative fucks about. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I give zero fucks about it. Not, not negative. <laughs> I mean, credit. yeah, that, that's yeah. And not, yeah, no, mm. no fucks is at least like not, um, not not bad fucks. No, I guess. I'm happy for yeah. the Metroid fans. Legitimately, I'm happy for them. But oh look, now mm-hmm. no, fucking it's, Pauline passed me. You planned this, Gibbon. Oh man, I super did. <laughs> <laughs> this was all the distraction. So I, she I got her. Don't you. worry, I got her. Anyway, uh, no, I'm happy. For, it's, I'm, it's okay. Um, it's Mario Kart. She'll get you eventually. I'm happy for the Metroid fans. Legitimately, <laughs> that, so that's all I can say I, about it. I guess I guess we can kind of go into why this is such a big deal. Yeah, Mitch Mitch uh, gave a nice analogy that Heil could understand the other day, <laughs> um, and it's just yeah, this is a game that it wasn't formally announced, but it did it was listed in magazines. Like they did send out it as a title on some of their upcoming games lists. Um, we have interviews from some people at like Nintendo Software Technologies who worked on like the initial pass of it uh, <laughs> like 15 years ago. And just um, and so Sakamoto actually acknowledging that and talking when when he gave the premise of the game, it's the same premise from those interviews 15 years back and it's so I I genuinely believe him when he says that they've been trying to get this vision of the game off the ground for a decade and a half. That's really like the twofold surprise of this for me is one, it's the um like first brand new fully three D two D. I mean, sorry, not three D. Well, I guess it is three D graphics, but yeah, yeah, two D gameplay Metroid since um Metroid. Zero mission. Or, well, no, wait, no, 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 no. Um, Samus, Samus Returns was after that. Um, yeah, it's not a remake I, though. What I mean Zero is, mission and what Samus I mean Returns is since Fusion. Yeah. Um, since Fusion to continue the ongoing plot of Metroid. Yeah. Like the the status quo of Metroid has been in the same place for around nineteen years now. Yeah. 
like every single subsequent game, and there have been a lot of them have mm-hmm. been prequels. Yeah, and it like you really could have ended the ser- series with fusion, I think, but it left a really like compelling note that it ended on. Yeah, with, the end of Fusion may have been a fitting sequel, but it was an, or not sequel, fitting ending, but it was an open-ended one that hugely shook up the series like status in, quo. Yeah, like the whole reason I was extremely keen to see what they would come up with in a direct sequel to Fusion is because it rattled the status quo of the Metroid series so significantly that I really wanted to see where that thread would lead, and I'm shocked to finally see it happen. Yeah, like, I genuinely had stopped thinking it was going to happen someday at this point. It was just like, oh, we're just going to get interquels and prequels and side stories for, for like, the rest of time. And maybe someday, eventually, they'll do something new. Right. But nah, nah, it's not coming anytime soon. And then they just slap us in the face with it like a tuna and they're like, look, Metroid 5, it's Metroid Dread. It's done. It's coming out in October. Look yeah, at it. That, that was like the twofold surprise for me is we're making a new 2D Metroid that advances the continuity. That's that's hit one. Hit two is finding out that it's called Metroid Dread. And yeah, that was my reaction. Seeing that title was Metroid Dread is real. Yeah. This exists. This isn't like just... This isn't like a Mario Super Mario 128 or Mario 64 2 or mm-hmm. miscellaneous situation where like this is a game that existed purely within the margins of an upcoming games list in a magazine from the yeah. 90s or 2000s. This is an actual honest to goodness game being released. Do you remember Donkey Kong Fantasy that listing? I don't actually. Yeah, that was that, that, that was listed in a lot of uh, video game order forms around '97. Donkey Kong Fantasy for the N64, which oh, I wow. guess was supposed to be, you know, the inevitable Donkey Kong 64. But yeah, they. Why? I, I guess this would lot. be the equivalent of like them revealing Project Dream is a thing and it's coming out in a month. Yeah, it, it's. Wow, but I'm stuck on that. Donkey Kong Fantasy, what is the logic train going from that from, like, deriving that from country and land? I have no idea. (laughs) 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 But I really hope Donkey Kong for the Switch by EPD is called Donkey Kong Fantasy, just to keep this this train going. That would be a nice pull. If they do a Donkey Kong RPG, I wouldn't mind it being called that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, That would be neat. But yeah, so so this is sort of like the the holy grail for like people who actually care about Metroid. Yeah. Um, again, in a way, I'm like like I, I've said this probably for like several different reasons, but in a way, I'm okay with Donkey Kong not being at this E3 because it did not have to share the spotlight with Metroid Dread and Sea of Thieves: A Pirate's Life because. I've already kind of got sensory overload. Yeah, like, while I do think, like, if those two things were announced together in the same presentation, I absolutely think, like, the new Donkey Kong game would be the bigger deal and the better seller. But I think the people who care about Metroid Dread would be way louder about it on the internet. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah. And at least this, hopefully, it's like sacrificing uh, some, something to the Metroid gods. So that way, when Donkey Kong does get announced, we won't have 2013 <laughs> again. I mean, the, mm, the well, like, quote-unquote rivalry was always stupid to begin with. But yeah. I think the way of looking at this is, like... If the new Donkey Kong game gets announced at the at say next year's E3 or really any point in time like from now until the next E3 it would be extreme like you can't really have somebody the un you can't really have somebody come out and say like well, this the studio could have been making a new Metroid yeah when it's bookended between Metroid Dread and Metroid Prime 4 eventually happening. Is it, though? Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been <But> Dread yeah. Kong. <laughs> we don't Metroid know that he's not Dread in the Kong. game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that might be the reason it's called Metroid Dread. Re- Returns and Tropical Freeze have had Metroid Easter eggs. Maybe uh, this will have a Donkey Kong Easter egg. Mm. Metroid Prime 4 should have uh, Professor Chops in it. Mm. Make it happen, Retro. Getting, getting choked by that, like, murder bot that's stalking. That's, that's true. There's actually a very, very good chance there will be a Donkey Kong Country reference in Metroid Prime 4. Because that's just the way Retro operates. Well, here's hoping it's a physical appearance and then we could all laugh about it being DKU. Um, and I get to laugh about you bitching about covering it. I'm not gonna bitch. <laughs> I know. I, I I'll happily look. Well, we'll see. What'll happen is the game will come out, and then three years later, <laughs> somebody will go backwards through a room and find a secret claptrap. Or it won't be a claptrap. It'll be a, a tiki goon or. Uh... Mm. Or it'll be Professor Chops, but we'll mm. all be DK Vine will be blindsided. We'll have people yelling at us that we didn't cover it for the last three years because it was DKU the entire time. Oh, mm. where where are all the uh, the people yelling at the Metroid fans for not caring about Tropical Freeze because there was a Metroid in it? They don't exist. I don't actually know what the Metroid community thinks about Tropical Freeze. They don't. They don't care about Galactic Pinball and and, and Samus. That's is not true at all. They absolutely care about Galactic Pinball. Do yes, oh. that's how I found out about Galactic Pinball was okay. as part of the Metroid fan community. Well, they don't care. I about used to be part of the I Metroid do. fan community before I joined TK Vine. <laughs> oh, so. you're, you're their spy. You're Crunch. You've been sent to, to make sure we're not plotting <laughs> any nefarious anti-Metroid plots. Uh, oh no! I actually like all the Metroid games, so I've been kind of ostracized. Well, so uh, if if you're done, I'm not going to start another race. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you did you want to mention anything else, uh, Cameron? I kind of went through my list, um, but yeah, that's a. I think I pretty much went through all of the the new announcements. I was excited for like everything else was either things I was already excited for and knew about or things that I was excited about, but also knew they were coming. Mm, like, yeah. Like Forza Horizon uh, 5, um, Psychonauts mm-hmm. 2, um, 
Back for Blood. Yeah. Um, which How come I, we haven't been talking about the pinatas in Forza? I don't think they look like horstachios, <laughs> and maybe it's good that they don't, considering um, the implications of, like, uh, they're in that trailer to get massacred. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't. I don't want to think through the implications of. Well, is that a sentient character getting mowed down and in, in mass by a sports car? Multiple sports cars. Oh. But yeah, a lot of a lot of that's what a lot of E three was this year to sort of bring it back to our initial discussion was expanding on things we already knew about. Like we talked about new stuff that was announced, um, but we're not really leaving a whole lot they didn't actually announce a whole whole lot of new things there were several presentations in fact that didn't have any new announcements whatsoever um like and yeah so it was it was there we we basically covered the highlights really I think we've we, touched on. We didn't talk about the Smash announcement, but I think. Oh right, there was Jackson a Smash is entirely eh. out of my um, wheelhouse to comment on. Other than, yeah, it looks neat, and I think it's appropriate. They have another Namco character. I just mm-hmm. can't speak with any authority on Tekken. Yeah, basically. Um, but I think it's cool, and as I've said before, like the, you gave me Banjo Kazooie, like you could add anybody to Smash Ultimate at this point, and I would not have like mm-hmm. one negative thing to say. I really feel yeah. I really feel bad though for the Tiki Tong fans when they saw that volcano in the trailer. I'm sure they thought, <laughs> Oh yeah, here he comes, Tiki Tong at long last <laughs> in Smash Brothers. I'm I'm interested to see what me costumes come with him. So that'll be neat. Yeah, I I am a fan of other like uh Bandai Namco, Namco. I think it's Bandai Namco. I think Bandai is first. Um, Namkai Bando um, characters, other than like I'm a fan of their some of their characters that absolutely like I'm confident will not get into Smash Brothers ever <laughs> under any circumstance. So I'm curious if like future costumes would pull exclusively from Tekken, or if they'd get into some of like the Namco deep cuts. Yeah, like if they, I could. Hmm, there are Klonoa, certainly some Klonoa deep cuts. Is my, is my big yeah, one. Klonoa, Kagekyo from yeah. from Genpei. Uh, I could see some Soul Cal characters. I would have to explain the context of every single one of these characters. Which yeah, is kind of some in the point. Yeah, I'm, some Tails say, characters. I already, exactly. I already closed the app, so let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, E3, it was what it was. I'm happy for you if you got what you wanted. But if you were waiting for Donkey Kong, uh, this is, this is what I'll say. And then I'm not going to talk about this for a while because I'm, I'm done talking about it. Uh, regardless of what Nintendo does or doesn't do, more than likely, for Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary this summer, we will be celebrating it here at DK Vine. And here on The Conversation, we're also going to be taking a look at games you can play to bide your time waiting for the new Donkey Kong game to get announced and then released. Uh, such as finishing up our discussion on Ukulele and Impossible Lair by finally talking about that pesky Impossible Lair. We're also going to mm. be uh, finally doing our episodes 
plural on Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. As I already said, I am taking notes for it, quite enjoying it. And now that I've actually carved out time to play it, and, you know, after the whole debacle of, well, I want to get the physical gold edition, because that's the Donkey Kong edition, mm-hmm. and then, oh, it's not coming to the U.S.? Well, I have to wait? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Now it's a Costco exclusive? Well, I have to find somebody with a Costco membership. And, and then I and now I have the game, and, and, oh, but I have all this other stuff I need to do, and it's just going to sit here and collect dust. Well, I'm playing yeah. it now, people. I'm playing it, and I'm enjoying it. So we will be doing an episode on that this summer. We're going to be having lots of fun episodes coming up this summer. Summer hasn't even officially began here in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're in Australia, uh, be, it will keep you warm for the winter time. How about that? Um, but anyway, yeah, so... But I think he was... Oh. What? No, oh, you, what? you cut out for us for a second. I don't know. Oh, but we just that, assumed we wouldn't be talking for the rest of this anyway. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I, at least I did. <laughs> so I just assumed you would be able to keep, I just assumed you wouldn't be able to hear us and be able to keep talking uninterrupted. But the fact that me and given acknowledged you cut me. out kind of fucking ruined it. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry. Uh, now we just Sorry. put an editing notation there. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we'll we'll keep you nice and warm and cozy for your Southern Hemisphere winter. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah, so uh, E3, it's over. Thank God. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, we have to get these disappointing E3s out of the way to get the, to the E3s that really matter for our community, right? I mean, you can't you can't have an E3 2010 if you don't have an E3 2008 and 2009 preceding it or an e3 2013 without 2011 and 2012 so i mean oh uh a someone in stream chat uh plastasm actually uh brings up that they're surprised that we haven't touched on the everwild news yet and that's well that wasn't strictly part of e3 but it it, it not being part of e3 is part of the big news yeah Yeah. i guess yeah so do we do we want to talk about that a little bit let's end on over everwild so yeah we mentioned we didn't think we were going to see everwild at e3 because we've been hearing scuttlebutt about you know everwild's kind of hit some development issues, difficulties, uh, some bumps in the road, and, you know, all projects experience them from time to time. But mm-hmm. now, uh, it was Andy Robinson uh, and, and his outlet, VGC. Uh, take a drink. Everybody take a drink if you've got one. <laughs> uh, okay. Broke the news. That, hey, well, why wasn't Everwild even mentioned at the uh, Xbox and Bethesda showcase? And that was because... Uh, purposely, it's being retooled uh, under the auspices of one Gregory Males. So, yeah, Greg Males is now the creative director of Everwild. Louise O'Connor is still producing the whole shebang. She's still the head of the operation. But now Greg Males is the creative director for it. So, we, we you know, we, we had heard, or at least, you know, we behind the scenes, I don't know how widespread this knowledge was, we had heard that Greg Males uh, was consulting for Everwild. Like, he had basically, like, departed Sea of Thieves. Now, Sea of Thieves is just up and running. Uh, he, he basically departed Sea of Thieves to consult on Everwild, potentially maybe doing another game. 
but uh, now Grey Males is just taking over creative duties on Everwild completely. And now it has a targeted 2024 release date. And that's, I mean, best case scenario. But yeah, so that's what's happening yeah, with Everwild. That's, it's a little, like on one hand, him being in that position means that like i'm not worried about the game's direction anymore i know i'll like it when it comes out because he has yet to put out anything i don't like right um on the other hand uh that's kind of a massive delay i was hoping to see it sooner than that and also like we there's reading between the lines we knew he had like a third thing that he was working on to like in addition to Sea of Thieves and Everwild, that was going to be like the thing after that, and that's presumably you know on hold now and will not go into pre-production. Oh God! As soon as it could have. Oh God! What uh, if it was Donkey Kong? This has been a File Two production. Kiriko.